the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Um, I just did an interview with Patrick O'Hare that I'll replay at the bottom of this hour. I think it was top notch. Um, Just reviewing it. He is so in tune. And him and I think alike, but I think it's because I see what he does and I I get it. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, stock surged today as China cuts interest rates. Uh, their market was down by 7.6%. It was pretty bloody. Sunday bloody Tuesday in China. We'll see how they do on Wednesday. Oil falls below $40 a barrel. Um, there's pros and cons. The cons is the world pulls this dirty, slimy material out of the ground and makes money off of it. Um... The good news, the pro, is that U.S. consumers like cheaper stuff, and this makes things cheaper. Consumer confidence rebounded in the month of August. Home prices rose 5% in June versus expectations for a 5.1% gain. The S&P Case-Shiller Index came out today. Big increases were seen in Denver, San Francisco, and Dallas. There's some guy who follows me, and he emails me a lot, and I basically had to cut him off because he's one of those people who's over-emailing and he's kind of trying to manage everything kind of like with free advice via email. And he sent me a th- message yesterday. He goes, with the markets being down, should I consider real estate? And I'm like, dude, the markets are up 300% in six years. Real estate's not. And anyone that tells you real estate's a better investment than stocks, they're, they're stupid, financially stupid. And I'll play financial jeopardy with them. I will play financial trivia with them. They're financially stupid, and they're trying to basically rip you off. I like real estate, but the, I like stocks. I don't so much like bonds in this environment. Do I like bonds in other environments? Absolutely. Real estate has benefited from the low cost of money, i.e. the low interest rates, and that's about to change at some point. 
You saw the markets freak out yesterday on that news. A 20% bear market correction would hurt real estate. Higher interest rates would hurt real estate. I'm kind of tired of just stupid financial people asking me stupid financial questions. Uh, With the market down recently, the market's up 300% recently. What's wrong with you? You can't fix stupid. That's about right. That's about right. Ah, uh, things we have to do in life, huh? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And again, you can do whatever you want financially speaking. I probably have more money than you, and I've probably created more money than you. Um, did I win a stock option lottery working at Facebook? No, I wasn't smart enough to get into Facebook. People are going nuts after Kanye West's new Adidas sneaker sold out. There's something in me that says this is a story. Here's a story of Kanye West. Um, the fact that his sneaker sells out tells me that America's pretty stupid. But on top of that, um, it's a supply and demand issue. And they don't make enough of them. So it creates... A more interesting product when it does sell out. Thousand point drop last week in the Dow. Thousand point drop yesterday at the open. What do you do? You keep your perspective. A. Two. I love it when people like mix things. Like they go one, then B, and then Roman numeral three. So you keep your perspective. Um. Yesterday was. Volatile as all heck, down 3.6%. In 1987, the Dow fell 22% on one day. It can happen. It doesn't usually happen, but it can happen. You want to think long term. Um, You have to take the good with the bad. Stocks don't just go up, they go down too. If your retirement is 10, 15, 30 years away, why worry about a one-week plunge? Historically speaking, one week after a plunge, the markets are higher. Historically speaking, one week after a plunge, uh, three months after a plunge, markets are higher. You want to stay diversified. Now, again, you want to own some stocks and bonds and cash. And yet, on the show, I'll say, I don't own any bonds. I don't want to own any bonds. I, 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 I don't want to own any bonds. I'll even sing it to you. Uh, but you do want to have some cash. Um... And your stocks, you want diversification. I wish I kind of had Mike Tyson as a co-host. He'd go, diversification. Like, what did you say? Diversification. Um, I think there's a, I think it's diversification. Diversification. I would love to have Mike Tyson as a co-host. Um, What else do you want? You want to sell a little if you must. So when you take a look at things like, Tesla and Netflix and Amazon all got hit yesterday. But you know what? They're all, even when they got hit, were still higher than they were three months previous to that. I, 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 I don't want to own any bonds. Um, And you want to turn off the damn TV. Now, here's what's lovely. People under 35 don't own TVs. That's crazy. Like, my family had TVs in every room. That was like a sign that we had made it. You know, when you had the TV in the kitchen and you had the TV in the bathroom, you're like, woo we made it. I'm moving on up. 
Um, and slightly before my generation, not my generation, but people used to like push a TV into the kitchen and watch TV while they're having dinner. Like, why Tom and dad and sis and brother? I could be watching Jeopardy. When will Rob shut up? Hmm. Answer is... Two minutes. Two minutes. So Donald Trump gave some advice yesterday. He said, if you've taken a hit, hold. Now, again, he doesn't know what you hold. He doesn't know what you have and things along those lines. He talked about if he was president and he'd like make China pay for what they did to us yesterday. I kind of want to see him as president in, like, in an alternate reality. I'd love to see his cabinet. Like, doesn't it fascinate you to think about him telling the Supreme Court, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're a bimbo. <laughs> the fact that he uses the word bimbo to describe Megyn Kelly, it is the best. Because no one does that. It's so wrong. And yet there's someone out there who's willing to be so wrong. So Best Buy had a good quarter. Comparable online sales jumped 17%. Higher traffic. Um, gross margins in their domestic segment widened. Um, I like Best Buy as a shopper. I just can't get behind it as an investor. Apple yesterday led the big tech reversal. At one point in time, it hit $92 yesterday and closed around 103 ish 105-ish. Um, just throwing it out there. Netflix partners with SoftBank in Japan. Part of the streaming services' ambitious global expansion plan. They need it because they have a high valuation. They need to grow into it. That's why it's called a growth company. It's got a growth valuation because they're not there yet. They need to grow into it. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Um... I'm comfortable with the stock market. I talk about it daily. I try to throw in some other concepts for you, whether it's keeping you involved in the market or just challenging conventional wisdom. And conventional wisdom oftentimes is a business model to get you to give them money. And that's what I'm trying to throw out at you. I'm not trying to win. I don't care. If you want to make a financial mistake, that makes me all the more Darwinian stronger than you. Uh, not only do I have 32 teeth, but I will have more money than you. Uh, I'll talk about things like McDonald's. They, they own a lot of the property that the restaurants are on, 
and some people want them to like sell the property and or turn it into real estate investment trust and change their business model. That's kind of an interesting thought. Um, you know, billions of cows destroyed. <laughs> they would be like, go real estate. Um, splitting off the real estate. It would complicate things, though. It's not that easy. In some cases, McDonald's owns the land and the building for its restaurants outright. In others, it rents the building from another landlord and subleases it to franchisees. So it's something to think about. You're going to see some new Under Armour commercials. Um, they're trying to take advantage now of Jordan Spieth, winner this year. Uh, Misty Copeland, big ballet theater principal dancer. Steph Curry, NBA uh, MVP winner. And uh, Tom Brady. Maybe they'll do an Under Armour commercial where he's pumping up balls. How awesome would that be? I would buy Under Armour for two straight years if they did that. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. One of my favorite ways to save, one of my favorite ways to get rich is maxing out the 401k or the 403b or the 457. Chad, tell us a little bit about what these products are. Well, it's, it's it's a way that, I mean, you can save after-tax dollars that grow tax-free now or pre-tax dollars that grow tax-deferred. And so because there's a regular 401K and there's a Roth 401K, we can, we can kind of get into later. But the idea of, of pre-tax savings, let's go with that because okay. there's a lot of scams, in my opinion, out there, especially on radio or people even see it on public broadcasting and think it's a good idea just because they bought some time. But... People talking about the 401k is bad, you know, instead buy this life insurance indexed, you know, fund or something like that, or basically ways to sell you product or annuities or life insurance or whatever it may be. But look, if you got a dollar, if you put the dollar into the 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. So your tax money stays in your 401k and compounds for you. If you take that dollar home, you might only have somewhere between, you know, 80 and 60 cents, depending on your tax bracket, to invest in something else. So maxing out your 401k is is very important. Now, um, you know, there used to be a lot of really bad 401k plans, and there still are. There's still some companies that have their plans stuck in what's called group annuities or really bad investments because they haven't kind of changed with the times. If that's the case, you need to get educated. You need to figure out what is in your 401k before you start complaining about the performance. You need to say, what am I invested in? What are my options? What are the fees? Now each year they're supposed to give you your annual fees. Um, in in writing and say this is what you're paying and if it's if it's a bad deal you can go to the uh, uh, your your HR and you know complain um, in a, in a good way not yeah. not a way to get you fired but in a good way and say hey there's some better options out here and part of it is you have to get educated first before you can complain and if you've left the company it's almost always a good idea to roll over a 401k. And we can go any angle, Rob. We can talk about how to roll it over or when is it not a good idea to roll over because that's really kind of two topics that we should hit on at some point. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about it right now. Um, okay. I, I like the 401K. We've got that established. We kind of know what the positives are of it. Um, people should compare them. But when should you roll them over or not roll them over when you leave a company? Well, let's, let's talk about when you don't roll them over okay. um, because – there's there's kind of few times when you don't want to roll them over. Um, one reason is if you are retiring early, let's say you're 55 or older, and you've decided to retire early, you've saved a lot of money. 
Well, if you're 55 and older in a 401k plan, you can access your money without that 10% penalty. If you roll it into an IRA, you have to wait till you're 59 and a half. So sometimes in early retirement, you might not do the rollover. Another time is if you're in these older plans that you get a lot of company stock uh, in the form of a match inside your plan, mm-hmm. there is something called nut unrealized appreciation. That's NUA. And it's a way that you can actually get the stock out into a normal account, pay very low taxes on the basis, and then qualify for a lower tax rate on the gains, and then separate your other funds. And it, it, it's kind of a whole other topic, but it's something that you have to look at your plan and say, oh, I do have my company stock inside my plan. I shouldn't be so quick to roll it over. I need to research this NUA, net realized appreciation. Um, the other reason, too, is that why you might not roll it all over if if you're close to retirement and you're trying to look for places to store safe money that I always talk about, the three years worth of portfolio draws uh-huh. and safe, safe money, sure. some 401ks have really good stable value funds where they earn a higher rate of safe return, much higher than CDs are paying right now. Other than that, Rob, roll them over. If you've left your job or you've left several jobs, um, you know you have the, the options to open up one IRA and consolidate all your old 401ks and IRA into that IRA. Or you could roll it into your existing 401k at work if it's a really good one. And, you know, if the, the person that's got like a whole bunch of 401ks that don't add up to a whole heck of a lot of money, in other words, they couldn't, couldn't qualify for professional management, yeah. it's usually best to consolidate it all into the existing 401k if it's a good one. But if you want some outside management, you want some help, um, it's pretty easy to actually get them all rolled over and consolidated into one IRA. What you do is you pick a place to do the IRA. You open up the IRA account and you start calling your old 401ks and they either actually process the rollover over the phone, they send you a check, or they send you the forms to get it done. Take some time, but it's not that difficult. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton talking 401ks. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So yesterday I was talking with people because that's what I do. I'm communicative. I'm social. I'm interesting. I'm kidding. I'm talking about myself in third person. I am kind of a big deal. Don't mock me. Oh, that was me talking about me. Um, One of the things that I found is that people get really sad when the market's down. They get emotional. Um, I am great at the stock market. I am the greatest stock market investor ever because I have no emotions. I have nothing in me. When women fall in love with me, they're so disappointed because I'm just a mean. No, I'm not mean. I just, I have nothing in me. I don't get happy. I don't get sad. I'm a robot of love. Robot. When it comes to investing, being a robot of investing, you're a winner. Being a robot of love, idea of something. Okay, so I do have a romantic side because this song brings it out of me. But realistically, being a robot in investing, that's what you need. And that's one of the reasons people hire others to help them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You fell asleep in my car. I drove the whole time, but that's okay. I'll just Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Let's talk about the markets, Mr. O'Hare. Interesting four or five days since we last talked. Yeah, hi, Rob. It uh, sure has been. It's been really actually kind of just crazy uh, the way things have uh, unfolded. And yesterday was uh, was certainly no exception. So. It's interesting because um, I've heard more than one market commentator say that yesterday was just weird. You called it crazy. We saw things like um, Verizon opening down 10 12%. makes no sense. They have no exposure to Asia. Uh, people felt like yesterday was like kind of a flash crash. Do we know what happened yesterday? Yeah, you know, I I don't think we do know in, entirely. I mean, what I've have read some reports. I think someone described it as a, a thousand different flash crashes taking place. You know, at the open there versus just one broad one like we saw um, <clears throat> a while back. But um, clearly, there were some price discovery issues and. Um, and it just created some, you know, some real havoc there at the open. And, um, you know, from my perspective is, you know, my judgment of what took place yesterday is really the the, 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 the casualty in all this, I think, is the, you know, retail investor psychology. Um, you know, what transpired yesterday was not comforting by any means, even though we came back considerably from those opening lows. We then, of course, rolled over late in the day. But you, know, you get whipsaw action like that. At a time when there's a whole lot of headline noise that's uh, oriented around some uh, some fear factors that uh, that generate a lot of commentary suggesting you know things could really collapse, um, that's not the type of thing you want to see, and it's certainly not good for the investor's mindset. With that said, I spent my lunch yesterday thinking you know not what's on the menu, but what stocks should be on my menu, what I should be looking for. Because I like buying in down markets. Um, was there capitulation yesterday, or should I should I hold off a little bit in your mind? Did, did you see enough that you want to like make a statement? Well, there's certainly if you just look at the the volume, it was the second highest uh, value day uh, traded ever. You know, when you take into account you know the level of stock prices and the amount of volume that was flowing through, um, the only uh, Day higher than that, I think, was the day that uh, Lehman uh, went declared bankruptcy, um, and certainly what we saw between September 18, 2008, and March 6, 2009, um, you know, implied that there was still more downside. You know, before things bottomed out, we could still see some more downside here. Um, I think that what you do is, is kind of what you, what you've suggested. I mean, you, you take a step back and you realize that, you know, uh, there might be some opportunities here to, to scale into some positions with a, you know, having a longer t- term mindset. Um, you know, I was asked in an interview yesterday, you know, what, you know, how should a retail investor look at things here? And I think, I think retail investors should in large part look at it as if they were like a, a shopper, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't look at a retailer saying, hey, we're selling at full price and feel like, yeah, we want to rush into that store and buy what they have. You know, we wait for this retailer to come out and say, you know, things are 30, 40, 50 percent off. And then we get excited and then we think we're getting, you know, picking up a good, good buying opportunity here. And so you have a lot of stocks that, 
basically allowed longer-term oriented investors to essentially come in at a lower cost basis than they would have seen, you know, six weeks ago, six months ago, and a year ago, um, and uh, and that could be advantageous over the longer term. Today we see China cutting interest rates, and I do a segment on television, and I call it winners and losers, and I'm calling it a loser, thinking again, the market's rallying because the basically the Federal Reserve of China is cutting interest rates. That's not a reason to rally. It means things are bad, economically speaking, or it means that things are artificially being stimulated, uh, or not artificially, but um, economically being stimulated or engineered. Are are you with me on that? Am I barking up the right tree? Like... I am with you on that, and I think that's been pretty much, you know, one of the, the major drivers of this recent selling we've seen around the globe is that the, mind, the mindset has shifted. You know, when you see these central banks introduce new policy stimulus three, four, five years ago, it was seen as an expedient to help, you know, drive economic growth. Uh, at this juncture, you, you haven't seen the, the data corroborate what they're doing, and so to do it now after having been so accommodated for six years and having pumped trillions of dollars of liquidity into the market and still not getting, um, you know, any real, you know, economic momentum, sustainable economic momentum to speak of. I do think that um, a move like the, the People's Bank of China did today is a message of weakness, not a message of strength. And it I'm going to be really curious to see how the Shanghai Composite reacts to that come Wednesday. This news was announced after the market closed there. And and I could see the Shanghai Composite, you know, popping pretty good, but I don't know if it's going to end up being a sustainable move because uh, really it is a reflection of economic weakness uh, that they're having to do this. This is the fifth interest rate cut since November. And if you take into account, you know, where we got to with the prior four rate cuts, it's hard to have a lot of confidence that this fifth rate cut is going to be the real difference maker there. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com, is that where we are? You know, yesterday I was trying to, I had a a message of hope for people. The United States is low unemployment, or not low, but it's okay. We've got low oil that should help our consumer. The United States uh, has you know, economic policies in place that have been there for a while to stimulate growth, uh, low inflation on top of that. And China seems to be having the weakness. Should I, should I be given a message of hope? Not, I'm not going to say on the stock market, but I'm like, go small cap, go Russell 2000 right now, like hide in the U.S. if you need to, but don't panic. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, what we see here in the United States is, steady, if not spectacular, growth, right? So we, so the stability is something to be lauded. Uh, it's not something you're seeing uh, in China, certainly. Um, and so that is a good thing. And you do make some good points. I mean, you do have you know, higher levels of employment. You've got a housing market that looks to be, you know, gaining some steam here. That's a good thing. I mean, certainly auto sales are through the roof these days. Uh, so there are pockets of the economy that are certainly doing quite well here in the United States. And if you do want to divorce yourself from all of the things that are going on in China and emerging markets, um, then, yeah, you know, you stay concentrated in in these domestic issues. Um you know, I think right now at this juncture, given what is taking place, you want to make sure you've got liquidity. And so you might want to orient uh, things more toward larger cap domestic-oriented issues, right? You know, take like a name like maybe like CVS Health as a drugstore company, consumer staple sector. Um, 
not particularly volatile, but um, you know, you're going to have plenty of liquidity to help you get out of a position if you just ultimately can't stomach the volatility there. Um, so just something to bear in mind. But I think the overarching point is correct in that um, the U.S. Is, is standing out really is probably, you know, it's the better place to be right now. And I think that's going to ultimately help kind of settle things down here in this market, even though, even if China continues to suffer some of the um, the, the extreme selling we've been seeing of late. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, I read his uh, page one morning brief every day to start my day at briefing.com. Anything else that you want to add as far as things that you're seeing that you think might be helpful for people to get some perspective? Yeah, you know, what I saw that, uh, this morning, what I liked seeing was that markets in Europe and even the S&P futures here were were bouncing back. They were trading noticeably higher here even before the People's Bank of China uh, cut its interest rates. And, and I think what that was starting to suggest really is that market participants were realizing with this sell-off, you know, that what's going on in China's stock market is is still different from what's going on in China's economy. I mean, China's economy is slowing down, but China's stock market is a bubble that has popped, right? And that's why you're getting such extreme selling pressure there. And they're going to continue to have to deal with that. What we deal with is the slowdown in China that's going to help or it's going to impede earnings growth, and that's why you're seeing some of this downward adjustment here. But the speed at which these losses came in the United States and around the globe uh, are now looking, are now forcing people to, to think that, you know, in more of a bargain hunting mindset. And I think they're starting to settle down a little bit, realizing that, um, you know, things are slower, but they're not terrible, and there are some good long term buying opportunities out there um, for U.S. investors in spite of all of this uh, nonsense we've seen of late. So question for you, and we'll wrap up on this. Um, where do you think we go from here? And I, when people ask me that question, I instantly go, well, I'd be careful of like Tesla and Amazon. I'd be careful of Netflix, the high-flying stocks. Yeah. But I would be very opportunistic on companies with PEs at, at 12 mm-hmm. versus the market at 15. Like I, I, I don't answer the question directly. I refuse yeah. to because I don't know. Any thoughts from you on where do we go from here? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, what we might have seen is really a, a reset of the trading range, and it's a lower reset. So maybe now we we move sideways between 1900 and 2000 for a bit here because we still are looking for some clarity on the Fed's um, uh, way of thinking and, you know, what they're going to do with, with the Fed funds rate. Um, so probably we just have a lower trading range than we did before, but uh, you do have some underlying uh, valuation support there with the sell-off, uh, which has brought the PE multiple in the S&P 500 basically back in line with its 15-year historical average. So probably going to see things steady out here a little bit, just at a lower trading range. Thanks so much. It's Patrick O'Hare. He's got an opinion. He's with Briefing.com, Chief Market Strategist. After days like yesterday, opinions and insights and thoughts are super critical. You need to develop your own, but he's got a good start for you at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. I'm Rob Black.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Ho, 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 I'm Santa Claus money. Kinda. Um, stocks could move lower from here. If you're worried when eyeing your portfolio, you have to look at yesterday and go, why did that happen? I think there was three big reasons and maybe even a fourth. Number one, China's basically trying to control their stock market and having no luck at it. Um, Ideally, you don't try to control things because it's tough to control. You kind of try to manage. But like if you have a kid, you know that the more hardcore you are, the the less responsive it's going to be. So we had China yesterday. We had oil at $40 a barrel, which is not a good thing. You want it Goldilocksian. You want, you know, a little bit higher, $60 a barrel, and then the world could kind of make money off of it. At 40, it could become a loss leader where you're just pumping it to pump it. Pump up the volume. Pump it up. So what I like doing during the summer months is pump up the gas grill. 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 Blue flame. So stocks could swing from here because of China and because of oil. Um, China's going through a fit. And if we were to say the last 10 years that they've grown, it would be an understatement. So the analogy I'm going to try to give you is that they're in their teenage years. And in your teenage years, you get kind of awkward when you go from no hair on your body to hair on your body. When you go from five foot to six and a half foot, you kind of like walk around like Big Bird. Um, China's kind of doing that right now. Now, will they fall over? We don't know yet. Will they stagnate in their teenage years and just be stupid? Duh, I want a pizza. Or will they grow up into a nice, mature 20-year-old? But their capitalism's kind of young at this point in time. Then you get the interest rate environment. Would the Federal Reserve just do it and raise interest rates and get it over with? It's kind of turning that grease story. And I think there's a fourth thing that's worrying the markets right now. It's the Donald Trump come over. His hair is a force of nature. And people are scared. Like, that's American politics, right? It's natural to be anxious. But when you have Donald Trump trying to rationally explain things, calling Megyn Kelly a bimbo today. Seriously, like, this could be all over the news. The news loves it. My economist hero, and I don't get to say that very often, and when I do, I, I say it with, like, all love and respect, is a guy named John Maynard Keynes. He was also my other economist hero, is a guy named Joseph Schumpter, who basically said capitalism is creative destruction. And if you didn't see a little bit of that yesterday, you're crazy. And if you don't see a lot of that in China, you're crazy. You have to, you have to grow, destroy, grow, destroy. John Maynard Keyes first talked about animal spirits in the 1930s at the height of the Great Depression. Keynes said you can't really predict when markets will turn. There's something irrational going on that triggers our herd instincts. Who knows what ignited the latest wildfire? We didn't start the fire. It was always mine and since I was been hiding. The simplest explanation for me is that millions of investors engaged in panic selling yesterday. And I think that's fantastic. And it was all around the globe. <laughs> it was it was concerted panic. You know when they build like baseball stadiums like the giant stadium? They get a lot of volunteers to come in, you know, as they're finishing up the plumbing and they all flush toilets at the same time. 
to see if the infrastructure of ballpark can handle 10,000 people flushing at the same time. Mathematically, it's probably never going to happen, but you've got to know just in case it does happen. So yesterday was a massive flushing of the toilets around the world of people panicking. And we handled it. It wasn't pretty. Kind of like spastic diarrhea is never pretty, but it gets stuff out of you fast. We got a lot of stuff out yesterday. Um, we got a 10% correction in. We bounced back. I'm not really worried about that. I see China. I see oil. I see the Donald Trump comb over. I see higher interest rates coming down the road is a good thing. Higher interest rates coming down the road is a good thing. Because it means that the economy in the U.S. is doing okay, moderate, sluggish. It means that there's not a lot of inflation. And with the low oil tied towards the negative worldwide, it's also positive domestically. So I don't want you to be afraid right now. New home sales in the U.S. rebounded. Auto sales are great. Home prices are steadily rising. Uh, housing provides some shelter. You can go after low-cost, low-valuation stocks right now and I think feel comfortable. Can you make a quick buck on Tesla or Amazon? Absolutely. I don't want you to be in the quick buck kind of mentality because ultimately I imagine most of my audience as young, sexy people. <clears throat> Whether it's true or not, I want you to be a young, sexy person. Whether you're 60 or 30, I want you to be a young, sexy person. I want you to love your spouse and be good to them. I don't want you paying attention to the markets on a day-by-day -day basis. If you were on vacation last week and came back this week, you're like, eh, what happened? That's the mentality I need you to be in. Now, I want you to be smart. Like a young, sexy person needs to have pants and a shirt and socks and shoes. As an investor, you need some small cap, mid cap, large cap. You need that diversification. You don't need all sexy clothes all the time. If you only own lingerie, you can't go out in public, or maybe you can. Whatever happened to Tia Tequila? Has anyone ever asked that question other than me? Um, anyway, stocks can swoon from here. Just know that and, and be comfortable with that. And again, the best investor you can be is the guy who is the 401k investor who invests every two weeks um, automatically and doesn't think about it because then you could be that young, sexy person. China's going to have a big update tomorrow. That's my, my crystal ball. If I'm wrong, <laughs> you win nothing. Go home. You win nothing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Twitter me, Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show. Facebook, I hate Rob Black. That's my Facebook page. Isn't that funny? I hate Rob Black. Take a break here. We'll talk soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.